You can save 15% or more at Amazon when you pay with Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv. You can set your own discount. 5% gets you fastest delivery, or you can set it to 30% or more if you're not in a hurry. Purse makes it so easy to save money at Amazon by buying with crypto. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv and start saving now. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of August 25th, 2019. The podcast that's all we know of heaven and all we need of hell. This is your host, Shane Killian. First, a quick note that next Saturday is the fifth Saturday in the month, so that means no podcast, but don't worry, we'll be back the week after. Let's copperplate the news of the bogus. Last month, we covered Kazakhstan's plan to spy on all its citizens by breaking the HTTPS security model and requiring everyone to have a special certificate on their computers that lets them intercept basically anything you do on the web. This certificate can replace all the other signing authorities and give you a web page that is still encrypted but is also readable by Kazakhstani authorities. Now, Mozilla, Google, and Apple have all said that they are going to protect the privacy of Kazakhstanis and actively block this certificate. Mozilla said in a blog post, We believe this act undermines the security of our users in the web, and it directly contradicts Principle 4 of the Mozilla Manifesto that states, Individual security and privacy on the Internet are fundamental and must not be treated as optional. To protect our users, Firefox, together with Chrome, will block the use of the Kazakhstan Root CA certificate. This means that it will not be trusted by Firefox, even if the user has installed it. Almost 81% of web users browse with Chrome and over 9% browse with Firefox, so this change encompasses over 90% of Internet users. They also advised, We encourage users in Kazakhstan affected by this change to research the use of virtual private network, VPN software, or the Tor browser to access the web. We also strongly encourage anyone who followed the steps to install the Kazakhstan government root certificate to remove it from your devices and to immediately change your passwords using a strong, unique password for each of your online accounts. Google gave similar advice on their security blog, quote, No action is needed by users to be protected. In addition, the certificate has been added to a block list in the Chromium source code and thus should be included in other Chromium-based browsers in due course. Examples of Chromium-based browsers include Brave, Opera, Vivaldi, Decenter, and the upcoming version of Microsoft Edge. Just before recording, I learned that Apple had joined in and will be blocking the certificate in macOS, iOS, and Safari. I couldn't find any statement from Microsoft on the matter. But basically, Kazakhstan screwed up in a big way, and hardly anyone will be using a browser they'll be able to spy on. Ads are annoying, but ad blockers prevent publishers from making money. What if you could support your favorite websites, YouTube creators, Twitch streamers, social accounts, and many more ad-free and without paying anything, and even make some money yourself? It's not a pipe dream, it's airtime. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and get the browser extension, and you'll earn cryptocurrency for the sites you visit, and so will the publisher. This is not a crypto miner. You and the publisher will both get part of the reward from current miners of the BitTube cryptocurrency, with no middleman taking a cut. 
Even if the publisher hasn't signed up yet, his tube will be put into a dedicated wallet that he can claim upon sign-up. You can also use your tube to tip publishers and even purchase products. Airtime monetizes users and publishers with no ads or crypto miners. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and start making money now. Say, if you're tired of the promos in this podcast, well, the patrons got it early and with no ads or promos. Just go to patreon.bogosity.tv and donate at any level. So one of the big news items this past week is the death of Jeffrey Epstein of an apparent suicide which was made possible by the neglect of his jailers. It seems that we now have a trendy conspiracy theory among the right and the left as they spin tales of how the people in charge were suspiciously looking the other way and allowed him to do it. There are some things that are suspicious for sure, like the fact that the CCTV cameras just happened to fail during that time period. But a lot of it is being made from the fact that his jailers basically allowed it to happen, implying that they were strong-armed by the conspiracy into looking the other way, or perhaps even being actively involved in this possible murder. For example, the guards who were supposed to be monitoring Epstein were literally sleeping on the job and falsifying the jail logs to cover it up. The thing is... The sad fact of the matter is, that kind of neglect is not in any way unusual for our prison system. If you're basing much of your conclusion on this level of neglect, sadly it's nothing unique or irregular. It's the status quo for the Bureau of Prisons. In fact, the only thing unique here is that the Department of Justice is actually paying attention to it. But as a USA Today report showed last year, staff shortages at federal prisons resulted in nurses and other untrained staff being pushed into guard duty. In January, congressional investigators found that serious misconduct is, quote, largely tolerated or ignored altogether. It even gets to the level of covering up sexual harassment of inmates and even sexual violence. Those deemed responsible for misconduct were shuffled around, even promoted or awarded. The big problem is, it's been incredibly hard for reporters, family members, and civil liberties groups to actually find out what's been going on to be able to hold officials accountable. Reason Magazine has been waiting since April to receive records from BOP regarding the deaths of several inmates at a federal women's prison in Alabama. According to the mother of one of the inmates, her daughter told her, quote, Today the fourth person died since I've been here. She died in medical at around 1 p.m. after sitting in medical complaining of chest pain since 8 a.m. waiting to be seen. My friend from my unit was in medical with her and described the lack of concern shown to this poor woman. Her family, I pray, learns the truth of how she died in the hallway, slumped over in a wheelchair, until she fell out onto the floor, dying, lying there with no one rushing over to assist her, praying for an ambulance that never came. It seems that, if anything, the show Orange is the New Black is understating things. Another example is Rick Turner, a nonviolent drug offender who died in a maximum security penitentiary back in June. His family had begged BOP to relocate him because he feared for his life. Despite the family, a member of Congress, and a reporter trying to get information on this, the BOP denied the FOIA request. Then there's Michael Monsivais, a former inmate in on a drug offense, who said that officers threw in flashbang grenades on him and two other inmates who were lying prone on the ground. Monsivais had a good record, and even convinced the prison to let him start an industry-certified vocational welding program. 
A fight had broken out, and despite the fact that Monsivais and his cellies weren't even there at the time, officers yelled at them to get on the floor and threw in flashbangs that landed on him and another inmate. Quote, Two of those grenades exploded next to my leg and blew the sweats off the left side of my leg, and it burned me from my ankle all the way to my upper thigh, all the way down my left arm and parts of my left side. According to another former inmate, Donald Konchuk, the blast, quote, blew his entire pants off, burned his legs, shrapnel in his legs, him and a couple of other people that were right there. One of those was Ramon Daniel, who said, One of them landed on my left foot, blew up and broke my left toe. I cannot repair it. Unrepairable. I went to the doctors, and they can't do anything about it. The next one fell on my right leg where it blew up. I had plastic balls in my legs that I removed two days later by myself because medical said, we don't have time to give you any attention. Monsivais was then thrown in the SHU, which is short for Special Housing Unit, a PC term for solitary confinement. He was there for 71 days. When they finally let him out, they made him restart his drug abuse program from scratch, pushing back his release date. All of the grievances he filed were dismissed. Monsivais and Daniel both filed FOIA requests for all of the records of the incident, including pictures of their injuries, but BOP completely redacted 65 out of 67 pages. When a reporter filed a FOIA request, all 67 pages were redacted. Sadly, the neglect and cover-up we see of Epstein's apparent suicide is just the way it is at BOP. But apparently, it takes the death of a high-profile billionaire in the middle of a scandal to get the DOJ to take notice. That's the shameful part. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government censors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. So here's another example of how Section 230 doesn't exist in the EU and why it's such a good thing to have. The European Court of Justice is considering how liable YouTube is for other people uploading copyrighted content. The case is brought by Pulse4, an Austrian content provider who thinks that YouTube is liable for people uploading their copyrighted content despite the overly aggressive content ID system and the DMCA takedown procedure that basically declares people guilty until proven innocent. According to the Austrian court, YouTube still isn't doing enough to prevent infringing uploads. The court also claimed that, by organizing and optimizing how videos are displayed and recommended, they're more than a neutral hosting provider, and therefore they do not enjoy safe harbor. 
That ruling was overturned by the Higher Regional Court of Vienna, who realized what everyone with more than two brain cells to knock together does. YouTube doesn't take an active role in deciding content as its search, categorization, and advertising services are part of the ordinary business model of hosting platforms. So Pulse 4 is taking it to the European Court of Justice. The questions haven't been made public yet, but Torrent Freak obtained a Portuguese copy and IPCAT got a German copy, and according to them, it's all about where the boundaries of safe harbor should be. In other words, when should YouTube be held liable for what someone else does? So for example, does YouTube take an active role that makes it liable? Well, does categorizing videos count? Does targeted advertising count? What about determining related videos? And how much of an active role can they be said to take when users upload more than 300 hours of content every minute? The dumbest one, though, is whether or not a site such as YouTube has to have actual knowledge of infringement. Any sane person would say, duh, of course, but in the Pulse 4 case, YouTube wasn't aware of any of the infringing content. Pulse 4 has actually come out and said, as we predicted, that the decisions the EU made to try and take down the Pirate Bay apply to YouTube as well. So either all reasonable considerations of safe harbor are going out the window, or sites like YouTube get treated differently than the Pirate Bay, making for a huge legal inconsistency. But this is another example of why concepts like Section 230 are important, and why they should apply regardless of whether or not a website categorizes or moderates content. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. And now it's time to immaterialize this week's biggest bogan emitter. And this week it goes to a couple of congressmen and their cronies for H.R. 3654, which would force Medicare to cover all aspects of chiropractic. Of course, the more things you require to be covered under any insurance plan, the more expensive you make it. Now, I'm not as extreme on chiropractic as some skeptics are. It can be an effective treatment for certain musculoskeletal issues, including certain types of pain, especially when combined with another treatment such as physical therapy. But the American Chiropractic Association wants to extend the existing coverage, which just includes spinal manipulation, to the entirety of the quackery they promote the use of chiropractic for. Not only does this include completely bizarre things like treatment for eczema, 
thyroid problems, and irritable bowel syndrome, the ACA actually promotes chiropractors being primary care physicians, including the ability to form a general medical diagnosis, develop a case plan, and manage referrals to specialists. And we've covered in the past why government mandates on insurance coverage, lobbied for by the chiropractic industry, of course, as well as the NHS's coverage of chiropractic, just makes things that much more expensive for the taxpayer and reduces the quality of health care overall. And it gets worse. Look at what they fully intend to do if this law passes according to an article in the American Chiropractor, quote, This proposed bill, if passed, will be the initial gateway law that will guide other federal health care laws. While it will take some time, we must also work through many current laws, rules, and regulations that will need to conform to the new full-scope coverage legislation. Some federal laws that limit chiropractic coverage include those that guide nutrition and wellness exams. Nutrition and wellness exams. Yeah, Medicare for all is terrible. Medicare covering all, especially for things which these people aren't even remotely qualified to do, would arguably be much worse. So that makes these chiropractors and their congressional cronies this week's biggest bogani emitter. Do you have children or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling? Or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttletwins and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary age children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain or regulations passed in the name of safety and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. And now let's underemphasize this week's Idiot And this week, it goes to Ohio State University, excuse me, THE Ohio State University. As they insist on making the definite article part of the name, I guess to differentiate it from all the other Ohio State Universities? Whatever. But it just got to astoundingly moronic proportions as they applied to a trademark to get, well, let me just read from the application, quote, THE. Yeah. That's it. The. The only thing under Mark in the application is the, as in the letters T-H-E. The drawing as given to the USPTO is the word the in all uppercase in what looks like Times New Roman. In the specimen, they show the word the in all caps in a condensed sans-serif font may be impact above a small Ohio State logo. And in their application, they state, quote, the literal element of the mark consists of the. The mark consists of standard characters without claim to any particular font style, size, or color. Yes, they are claiming a trademark to the definite article. 
for support they claim to have been using it since 2005. Uh, I think there might be some prior art on that. Look, I know trademark law leaves the door wide open for abuse, but surely it can't go this far. You need some kind of identifier to make your product unique, using the most common word in the English language without regard to any kind of form or font or color or whatever. I mean, how brain-oozingly dumb would you have to be to think that would be valid? Of course, this is the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office we're talking about. So other schools started making fun of them, like the University of Michigan, which made a graphic with a giant word of above the Umish M. I swear, political satire is now dead, buried, resurrected, zombified, thrown into a supernova, and reformed into a new planet. Still, it must be nice for Buckeyes to know where their tax dollars are going. So, given all of that, how can anyone other than THE Ohio State University be this week's Idiot Extraordinaire! Well, that wraps up this brain damage edition of THE Bogosity Podcast. Come to discord.bogosity.tv where you can join the discussion and post a question, statement, news article, or rant. This podcast depends on you to keep going, so please go to donate.bogosity.tv where you can give using PayPal or crypto or subscribe at Patreon or Subscribestar to get the podcast and YouTube videos early and ad-free. You can even support this podcast for free with the airtime extension. Thank you for listening. Remember, no podcast next week. We'll be back in two weeks. Until then, here's a quote from Tom Lehrer. People are stupider than anybody. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial Notary if it is 4.0 International License. Bogosity. You can now get two free audiobook downloads and a 30-day free trial at audible.bogosity.tv, your choice from the world's largest selection of over 180,000 digital audiobooks and spoken word content for your iOS or Android device, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audible.bogosity.tv now.